Right now, many churches are planning their budgets for the next fiscal year. You can promote your confessional Lutheran church and support the worldwide outreach of issues, etc. by becoming a congregational sponsor. When your church pledges $1,000, we'll publicize your congregation on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. journal. Learn more on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. Don't miss your congregation's budget deadline. Become an Issues Etc. congregational sponsor. Now pay close attention, little children. It's somebody you ought to know. Yeah, it's all about a man that walked on earth nearly 2,000 years ago. Well, he healed the sick God is going to send a drought on the people of Israel. He warns them through the prophet Elijah. Then he sends Elijah to a very unlikely place to wait out the drought into the wilderness, where he is fed by ravens. When the stream that he is dwelling by dries up, he sends him to a less likely place, a widow who is about to give up because she's run out of food and there's been no rain for years. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Joining us to teach a Sunday school lesson on God providing for Elijah in 1 Kings 17, Pastor Tom Baker, host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, welcome back. Uh, thank you. Why did God send a three-year drought on Israel? At that time, there was a king. His name was Ahab, and he had a queen as his wife, Jezebel. They were very wicked and idolatrous. They worshipped the god Baal. And because of their leadership, more and more people were turning away from the true God to worship the God Baal. And one of the things it says in the book of Proverbs is that God will take away the rain from those people who are not faithful to him so their crops will not grow. And God was sending a three-year drought on Israel. God told Elijah to go hide. Why was that? That was done because for three years there would be neither dew nor rain, and boy, Elijah would be sought by Ahab and Jezebel to kill them. In fact, Jezebel had later made a promise that he would die, which of course did not come true because she ended up dying. So he told him in verse three, depart from this area and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Sherith, and that's east of the Jordan. And you shall drink from the brook and I will command the ravens to feed you there. Now, that's kind of important because according to Enduring Faith, the Sunday school lesson, ravens do not feed human beings. But each morning and evening, the ravens would bring Elijah food, which, of course, he needed. And so that's part of the point of this Sunday school lesson that God does take care 
of our needs. Where did God send Elijah next? Well, then in verse 8 and 9, he came again to Elijah, the word of the Lord, go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Now, not only did God use ravens that normally don't feed people to take care of Elijah, but now he's sending him to a Gentile woman who is not Jewish. But he does. And he goes to the gate of the city and sees a widow there gathering sticks. He asks her to bring a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called her, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she replies, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks, then I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may therefore eat it and then die from starvation. So that's her answer to Elijah. What promise did Elijah give the widow then? He says to her that the God of Israel has told me the jar of flour shall not go empty and the jug of oil shall not go empty. And the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth, then they will return to normal. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not finished, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke to Elijah. And so there's a third miracle that's occurring here, namely no empty flour and no empty oil. What became of the widow and her son, and how did Elijah eventually raise the widow's son? Well, the son became ill, and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him, which is a biblical way of saying that he had died. And of course, who does she blame? She blames Elijah. She says, O man of God, you have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. This is a common reaction on the part of unbelievers that when bad things happen to them, it's punishment from God for their disobedience. But that's not at all what God had in mind. So how did he go about bringing the child back to life? He asked her, give me your son. And she does. And he took him from her arms 
and carried him up into the upper chamber where he was lodging in her house, laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourned by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times. Now that's significant. Holy, 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 the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And it says the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. And in verse 22, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. So there's another miracle. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house, delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Now, what the Sunday school teacher needs to get across to the students is the word of truth that Jesus stated to his disciples who did not believe him. He was going to go to Jerusalem. He would die at the hands of the Pharisees. But three days later, he would rise from the dead. And even though they had heard words from the Old Testament, they did not recognize the meaning of those words until Jesus met two of the disciples on the road to Emmaus and explained to them on the basis of Old Testament passages the reason why his word is truth. And that really made a difference in foreshadowing the ministry of the Holy Christian Church. So what did it mean when she said he's a man of God? It would have meant that he was more than just a man. He's a man of God. And whether she understood him to be the Holy Redeemer that would be born of the Virgin Mary, the fact of the matter is, is that he was God because he was begotten of the Father. But he was human because he was born of the Virgin Mary. So he was both God and man. And for her to refer to him as the man of God would have been a evidence of her faith that Jesus Christ was really special. And that faith, therefore, is what would have taken her to heaven. So how do these incidents in Elijah's ministry foreshadow Jesus' ministry? It foreshadows it by talking to the children, and they have an exercise there where they write down things that happened in their life 
to fulfill what they needed that was, in a sense, miraculous. Like they received food from their parents and clothing and houses. They did not earn these. They did not work for these. These were gifts from their parents and reminds us of the gifts that we receive from Jesus Christ who died on the cross, paying for our sins so that heaven is our home and we receive also many gifts while we are here on earth in preparation for the bliss that we will experience when we get to heaven. So this is important that the Sunday school teachers relate the lesson to the experiences of the students and let them come up with almost miraculous things that the Lord has been doing for them. It might be a pet that was ill and became well. It could be a class they were afraid to fail and they passed. It could have been many things that they hoped for and came to truth because God keeps his promises. That's why the important Bible passage for this particular session is taken, of course, from the scripture, and it is Psalm 111, verse 5. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. And the word covenant is like the last will and testament where he makes promises to those that follow him. And all who have faith in Jesus will follow him all the way to heaven. Finally, what is the law and gospel of this lesson? Well, the law is we're often complaining to God. God, you're not giving me what I need or what I deserve. In other words, I desire certain things, and I pray to you about them, and you don't give them to me. So what good are you? But the gospel teaches that through Jesus Christ, God does daily supply us with all good gifts that sustain us in body and soul. And you may even talk about the gifts that people have in other lands, keeping them in defense against evil people that want to put Christians to death or harm them, and how they are often protected by God. And even when they do die, they are immediately taken to be with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Pastor Tom Baker is host of a radio show called Law and Gospel. For almost 30 years, he met monthly to prepare his Sunday school teachers for the classroom. Tom, thanks. And thank you. When we come back, we begin a series, The Scientific Vocation, 
with Dr. Paul Edmond. We'll talk about astrophysics. Issues Etc. relies on a small group of faithful supporters called the Issues Etc. Reformation Club. These listeners have pledged to become monthly or annual contributors to Issues Etc., and this allows us to budget our expenses more efficiently. Now, there are four levels of giving. The Confessor, $25 monthly, or an annual gift of $250. The Apologist, $50 monthly, or an annual gift of $500. The Reformer, $100 monthly or an annual gift of $1,000. And the Patron, $200 monthly or an annual gift of $2,000. Reformation Club benefits include shirts, books, broadcast transcripts, and advertising for confessional Lutheran churches. Learn more about joining the Issues Etc. Reformation Club on the support donate page at issuesetc.org. And look for the picture of Martin Luther posting the 95 Theses or call Lynn 618 618- 223-8385, The Issues Etc. Reformation Club. Join Lutherans for Life and Why for Life in Washington, D.C., Thursday, January 18th through Saturday, January 20th for the 2024 Why for Life Free Conference. Registration is open through December 15th. Learn more at why4life.org. Great events, speakers, and social time. The 2024 Why for Life Free Conference, January 18th through the 20th in Washington, D.C. Why4life.org. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial a podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now. Your daily Lutheran Bible class. You're listening to Issues Etc. The weather is changing, the leaves are falling, and you'll soon be setting up your church's Christ tree this Advent. But there's a problem. Remember, Aunt Mabel's Christ bonds are from the 80s. They're made of styrofoam, the glitter has dropped off, and they're being held together with toothpicks. Rush on over to Ad Crucem to fix the situation. We offer all the old designs and a whole lot of new ones. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. Greetings in Christ. I'm Dr. Reed Lessing, Director of the Center for Biblical Studies at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. The center offers annual preaching workshops for Advent and Lent, seminars on a book of the Bible, and studies focused on biblical stewardship. We also showcase the best biblical scholarship in the LCMS by hosting three-day seminars each summer, featuring a guest scholar. Learn more at csp.edu slash Center for Biblical Studies.